0: Hello, and welcome to Healing From Within. I am your host, Cheryl Glick, author of the newest book in a trilogy, A New Life Awaits, Spirit-Guided Insights to Support Global Awakening, which shares stories and messages from spirit to show us our challenges are not merely economic, political, or societal, but a disconnect from our true being or Soul Wisdom. And today I'm delighted to welcome Turiya, author of Unreasonable Joy Awakening through Trikaya Buddhism, which shares the advanced tantric teachings and puts them into an American form of Buddhism. Hello, Turiya, and thank you for joining us today to share your fascinating and inspirational journey and finding techniques for gaining control of time, life, and mind by releasing the mental habits that create suffering.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: You're very welcome. Taria, as listeners of Healing from Within are well aware, my guests and I share intimate stories of discovering more about ourselves, where we came from, who we are, what life's all about, and how to merge the duality of life, our physical and spiritual realities, so we may learn to master our emotions, self investigate, and begin to unveil the many talents and gifts we can share with the world. Learning, intention, and thoughts are powerful tools to create. We can refine our perceptions and live a much more productive, positive, and healthy life. And that's the goal. In today's episode of Healing from Within, Taria will share how her failing health at the early age of 28, when people are supposed to be in the prime and best of their life, and many issues creating what some call the night of the soul, allowed her to embark on the adventure of the mind. She will share techniques for gaining control of your daily life activities in more gratifying and functional ways. Dorea, I I always love to start each show by asking my guests to think back to their childhood and to remember a person, a place, maybe an event that may have signaled to them or others the lifestyle or interest they would embrace as an adult. For I feel that embedded in the heart and soul of each individual is a plan or destiny that will guide them to live the life they chose long before they embarked on life in this time and place in other words we come with an itinerary a travel plan <laughs> people to meet and things to do <laughs> so think back so think back
1: oh that that's a great question um Well, when I was in, it must have been maybe third or fourth grade. And up until that point, I thought everyone was psychic. I didn't know the word psychic. I just thought everybody could hear each other's thoughts. It wasn't...
0: You mean you um, thought everyone was like you, right? Yes. I was the same. (laughs) I, I was the same. I couldn't understand why they didn't know what they should do. When I knew well, what we should do. <laughs> That's
1: funny. Well, exactly. And it, and it, I learned that that wasn't the case in about, it was third or fourth grade, and this uh, classmate, she was always, she was kind of one of the mean girls, I guess you could say. And, and she said something um, mean about my socks. But I don't know, remember exactly what it was, but I know, it, like, it hurt me. And I turned around, and, and she was sitting behind me, and I called her on it. And then just the look on her face made it clear that she didn't actually say it out loud. She had just thought it. And then that was how I learned that, oh, wow, she, you know,
0: didn't realize that I could hear wow. her thoughts. <laughs> that's, ve- that's very interesting. Because I I remember a time in third grade when I started to answer the question that the teacher had asked, and she said to me, Cheryl, how do you know what I was going to ask? I didn't ask it yet, and she was very (laughs) she was very angry with me, and I and I didn't I didn't uh, I you know I didn't put it together till. Much much later, that we were Uh getting some of this information, actually hearing it from a person, and actually just knowing it because we were very intuitive, or empathic, or psychic, or all of the above. (laughs) You know, so yeah, that's interesting you say that because I didn't, I didn't know then. I just was very shocked that she had yelled at me that way so so now now I understand it because I didn't then so so let's go on to tell us later about uh, when you were a little older and your body began to fail you and rather than succumb you chose to find alternative ways to conquer the illness and fears of that time because you were already starting to realize uh, perhaps that some of your thoughts were creating some of the pain and dysfunction and you needed to release some of that from your childhood so, tell us about that time. Um, well, I
1: had already started on my path at that point, and through the help of my teacher, I had essentially created you know the dream life. I had everything set up i had um i even before it was a thing, I was actually telecommuting, so I could live in beautiful San Diego and then telecommute with my clients in New York. And then every four to six weeks, I would fly to New York. So I had lots of money, beautiful apartment, great guy, everything, but I still wasn't happy. It was just, I had my meditation practice, but I just, there's something missing. And at that point, I just, you know, appealed to, to spirit, to the goddess, whatever you want to call it. And I'm just like, just, Do whatever you need to do to wake me up.
0: Universal source, (laughs) the divine God, any name we call it, it is a force of energy and creation that's within us. That is our life force. We're within it. It's within us, and without it, there's no life. So that's what we've learned, and that's what you were looking. I also felt a sadness Mm -hmm. or something missing in my heart, but I was 42 years old when that started. And what it was, was I wasn't quite following uh, the guidance of spirit to do what I was born to do, which was uh, a thing of the throat chakra. I had to learn to speak my truth, say what I mean, and mean what I say. And I have been doing it for the last ten years in this radio show, and I have been doing it in the three books I wrote, and in the sessions I do with clients where I... uh, give them readings and healing sessions so you also were looking for that you were looking for more than the material life you know the home the boyfriend the the physical world and that's what maybe in your heart felt something missing that's what it was for me and 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 i spent the rest of my life Mm -hmm. since that time uh finding the truth of our being i didn't know it I didn't know we were souls having a spiritual, uh, we were spiritual beings having a, a physical life. I thought it was the other <laughs> way around. I thought we were having a physical life and learning about spiritual matters, <laughs> but it was the other We already knew it was within us, so that's very interesting. So go on to, um, you were already a practicing Buddhist. Now you went to work with um, some interesting people. Um yeah. So tell us about something.
1: Well, so, well, so what happened at that time is, you know, I made this plea and then my body started to fall apart. And so that was very confusing, but it drove me to work my practice harder. And then there came this point where I was, you know, falling on the floor. I couldn't get up, uh, you know, randomly. And I was working at home, so I was able to, you know, fake being well.
0: Mm. And,
1: and then around the same time, my teacher passed away. So all of a sudden I didn't have that physical connection anymore with my path. And it really shifted how I approached my practice. It, instead of having this external support, It really forced me to turn inward and it's not that I didn't have the information before it's just I wasn't applying it
0: yes that's the key yeah many people start yeah many people start to learn with their mind or ego but until it becomes integrated into a physical practice within you and uh through meditation, um, you know, through finding peace within yourself, the healing doesn't start. So your physical condition was not random. It was part of the plan for you to find uh-huh. the next step. I know it wasn't pleasant, as these things are not pleasant, but they seem to be necessary. Much like what we're having with the pandemic or the plague, as I call it, with coronavirus. I say, why did it have to happen? But if it happened, it's for a reason, and it will bring many, many people to a higher awareness of their spiritual desires and instincts and dreams, and it'll be for the good for many, many people in the long run, even though. In the short run, it doesn't seem that way. Now, you talk about some simple meditation techniques that can be used anywhere at any time to calm, strengthen, and refocus the mind. And you say that successful people, those who are at the top of their field, have made time in some way or form uh, to do some type of meditation. It's not always sitting quietly listening to soft music, you know, in a darkened room. Uh, they do it in other ways where they release a lot of the thoughts of the mind and are in a quiet place where they can feel their body and, and have downloads of information from spirit. So tell us a little about that. It's interesting. Well,
1: with what most meditation techniques boil down to is just first learning how to concentrate. And we can learn that in different ways. I mean, it can be as simple as just making a, a dot on a piece of paper and focusing on that dot or getting a flower or in the book, I have a beautiful ohm symbol that you can focus on. Other people come to meditation through more physicality. You know, if you are a runner, you know, if you go running every day that can become a meditation where every thought, all the thought processes going on in your mind have a chance to just stop and you come to this internal stillness. So there's different uh, ways to approach it. And the seated meditation is only half of it.
0: You know, I always, even if you
1: are prone to, if you're uh, to doing active meditation, like walking meditation or running meditation, I still always encourage people to do the seated meditation because you can really let go. Yeah. But then the meditation itself isn't enough. The other half of the practice is being mindful and actually being aware of where your mind is taking you from moment to moment.
0: You, you know what so I've that's, discovered? That's well, this is after feet. many years of Different types of transcendental meditation and meditation while walking and meditation, well, in a shower. And I've come to think that perhaps I'm in a state of meditation almost all the time.
1: Yeah. Well, we are. Yeah. It's always there. It's just becoming aware of it. Is right. The practice. That's
0: it. <laughs> it's always there. It's like when I was little. And I would get a thought, and I'd say to myself, Oh, that's a great idea. I'm going to do this. And then it was successful. I thought the thought was my own, but it was guidance from Spirit leading me on my life plan to do many things that I had contracted to do even before I was born. The people I would meet, the work I would do, the places I would live. You know, I always thought it was my own great wisdom <laughs> you know from my <laughs> from my own mind but i didn't understand the oneness of energy the oneness of mind that many souls are part of our journey both here physically and in spirit and we're working together to help each other that way too so it, it was great learning that so what are some of the benefits of meditation a lot of people say uh, i don't have the time or patience for it But if they understood uh, that it would serve them on so many levels, everyone would do it in one way or another. So what are some of the benefits?
1: Well, some of the immediate benefits are it actually gives you more energy to do the things that you want to do. Most people just are so tired and drained because they're wasting all this energy in worry and um, just resistance to doing things. So when we meditate in the morning, we get this wonderful sense of clarity and stillness that we can then bring through our day. And if we practice mindfulness throughout the day, we start to notice where we're losing energy. We can start to pay attention to how much it's costing us to uh, be upset that there's traffic in the morning. If instead we can just embrace that traffic as a time that we can listen to a a podcast or just focus on our own mind and appreciate the gratitude for having a car, that can shift us into this very bright and beautiful state And if we do that all day long, then by the time we're done with our work or whatever tasks we have for the day, we still have energy to do anything else that we want to do. So it brings us clarity. It brings us energy. It opens us to the beauty and joy that is life.
0: Yes, and it's honoring our feelings more than our thoughts, some of which are illusionary and distracting. It's honoring where we feel comfortable, where we feel safe, where we feel purposeful and useful. It's honoring the best values of spirit, which are an energy a little different than physical life and the material world. So once you start to embrace that and allow that, you put yourself in situations that are better for you. And you have better results and that is a true benefit of meditation i say when i am with a group and we come out of a meditation i say to my students you know you can hold this you can take it with you from this room and when you start to lose it when other things start to come in you can simply take a breath and remember it and bring it back to yourself and it gets easier over time to do this more rapidly, right? Without so much challenge and without so much fear that you might not be able to do it at all. It becomes easier. So let's go on to, how can we control or gain control of time and life and our mind and release the mental and physical habits that create suffering? This is a a really big question. How can we begin to recognize The childhood traumas or fears that are still playing out in our conscious mind, limiting us from being truly free of past experiences. Because until we lose that fear and let go of those limitations, it's very hard to create the life we were born to live, which is a life of magnificent potential for joy, health and happiness. And we have to do this. We have to release the suffering. And we all had childhood issues. You and I started this show talking about how we were hurt by people who didn't understand how we were functioning. Right?
1: Right. Well, that's the, the magic of practice. You know, that is a very big question. And that is one of the reasons why I wrote the book, is to help people discover this unreasonable joy that, always exists within us and when we connect with that when we find our our center then we can we have choice we can do the things that bring even more light and energy into our life i would say one of the easiest things you can do well i shouldn't say easy i should say simplest things you can do is pay attention you know, this is the essence of mindfulness, because when we pay attention, we learn. So the same way we learned not to touch a hot stove, because we know we learned that it burns us, if we're paying attention to the thoughts that we're engaging, if we're paying attention to the feelings that come up, and we can see how those Feelings can trigger a cascade of thoughts and by feeding our attention and energy into those thoughts they they grow and if we're paying attention we can see how that train can start to hurt us how yes. it creates
0: and suffering you, you wrote something and when we, yeah you wrote something very beautiful that has to do with what you're saying about paying attention and learning that we don't control anything and you wrote this life is beautiful it is a dance of perfection an endless play of intelligent light appearing and disappearing in every possible formation yet light is never affected by any of these endless changes most people cannot see this it is beyond the scope of their experience watching individuals in this world is like watching a person holding their breath because they truly believe they cannot breathe as they hold their breath they experience all the suffering that comes with suffocation the lungs burn the muscles ache the head hurts and the mind races with anger and sorrow and self-pity finally they pass out and the body breathes they wake up for a split second But then their sense of individuality returns. Their belief in not being able to breathe takes over, and karma carries them through the experience all over again. So there it is. We who cannot awake, who cannot know who we are, that the breath is our connection to our energetic or soul life, Are going to continue to have trouble and those of us who think of perfection when there is no perfection because in the imperfection is the way forward to find something uh, satisfying and good for us but we have to we we have to allow this so it all does start with beginning to pay attention be aware and to accept ourselves on a multi-dimensional level not just physical but in lives and levels beyond this uh, this um, time and space we're in right now now Let's go on to some of the teachers. I liked reading about some of your teachers. One of your teachers was Rama, and you told how you were fortunate to see the human side of your teacher up close. Because when he was on stage or uh, in his, you know, meditation teaching, he he was he was like uh, magical, a divine emanation, and he performed miracles. But when he was Maybe at home in his own ordinary life, you were able to see him differently. So tell us about that because it's a very important thing to know. We cannot hold people up to be only one way, they are many ways.
1: Right. Well, pedestals are so dangerous. You know, we see this in the world in so many different spiritual organizations where people just take what someone says on blind faith and it prevents us excuse me a minute
0: excuse me a minute we don't only see it in spiritual pursuits we see it in the media we see it in governments (laughs) we see it in corporations we're seeing it all around pedestals people (laughs) who think they're up there and people are down nobody's up there nobody's down there we're all just human spiritual beings and this is very important that you let people know how we how you saw him when he was, you know, sick, perhaps. Well, you know. Yeah, exactly.
1: I mean, I I was scheduled, I think the story I told in the book is I was um, scheduled to, to take care of his house and his dogs while he was going to go travel. And I showed up expecting him to have his suitcases and ready to leave. But instead he was in bed with the flu and it just, you know really cracked open that that pedestal that i had him on and i realized that wow he he gets sick just like i do <laughs> and, and it made um the practice so much more attainable
0: yes you no know, right. because
1: I, we i i think our ego protects itself by putting people on a pedestal you know because we say oh i could never have that or i could never be that and it allows us to feed our own illusion of unworthiness.
0: Yeah, you know, I, I remember when I was learning Reiki, uh, our medium, I was never into understanding uh, the afterlife or that mediums were receiving message from spirit. And, and this medium uh, told me I was going to write three books. I was going to teach Reiki. I was going to be a Reiki master. And I said... Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, I always like you're right because it was too much to take in at the moment. But everything I I've been told about people who have walked into my life sometimes a guide or a message will come in just for a moment. They'll say something to you, and it comes to pass. So, what would you like? Sh- briefly, what would you like readers to take away with them after reading Unreasonable Joy, Awakening Through the Trikaya? Buddhism?
1: Well, I'd really like them to know that enlightenment, awakening, whatever you want to call it, this connection that we all have to light, this light that we are, it's available right now. It's not up on a pedestal, you don't have to even change who you are, it's more of unfolding and recognizing what you already are so I I really hope that yes. your listeners can hear that that you already are enough you are worthy all we have to do is yeah. recognize
0: we all have spiritual gifts we're all beloved children of the universe and God we all are unique so I would like to thank you Taria for sharing your passion for the joy of the Buddhist way, which really is all the ways of spiritual yeah. pursuits. Well, for, for me, I've studied all of them, and I find them all connected and all beautiful, of which is a path many spiritualists follow. Even if they're not completely aware of the eight tenets that guide every soul to find peace and happiness and joy of self and nature and life, it is the soul's thoughts of sharing love and compassion that each individual finds their way forward while conquering the fears of the outside world and relying on the strength of their inner wisdom. To purchase this book and find ways to begin this journey of awakening, go to www.toria.com And Toria is T-U-R-I-Y-A
1: It's actually Toria Bliss
0: Okay Thank you In summarizing today's episode Of Healing from Within We have discussed the journey Of inner life That Toria embarked on In order to use her Spiritual talents as an empath And sensitive to find teachers, to help her, to understand the feelings she often perceived as a child of anxiety or misbelief or fear before events happened, and the meditation techniques she learned in order to strengthen calm and refocus her energy when necessary to deal with life's challenges or suffering or any pain. She learned that the power lie within and not in the external world and simply by recognizing this duality of life the physical and spiritual we are able to build self-trust and learn to release limiting beliefs that can create emotional or physical blockages leading either to disease or dysfunction the world when seen from this perception becomes a natural place to thrive and reach spiritual growth to and I would have you deepen your awareness and reach higher levels of consciousness through whatever spiritual practice finds its way to you. Spirit is constantly reaching out to us to help us remember the magnificent of our soul being and how to reconnect to universal source for guidance, for love, for a better quality of life. Paying attention to your experiences and feelings will lead you to that place of cooperation with all sources of life which have our best interests at heart i am cheryl glick host of healing from within and author of the newest book in a trilogy A new life awaits and i invite you to visit my website cherylglick.com to listen to and read about energy healing mediumship metaphysical, spiritual, scientific, and educational approaches to self-development and to improve the human condition. Shows may also be heard on webtalkradio.net and dreamvision7radio.com. Thank you.